Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. And we are live on a Friday afternoon. Mikey McNuggets is on the stage. We'll hear from him in a moment. I think I just heard him say, I hope he doesn't look too fat. <laughs> I mean, is there anything more obnoxious than a skinny guy talking about being fat? Brad knows the deal. He can't talk about being fat. In the midst of a weight gain challenge. I mean, let me start with something here, guys, before we go around the panel. And I'm not going to say who I am because you know who the freak I am, right? <laughs> let, let's, let me say this. This Baker Mayfield nonsense. For, for, I, I feel like people in the national media, like a lot of sports talk radio hosts around the country that are national hosts, they don't actually watch a lot of football games, I don't think. No, because no. they have not seen Baker Mayfield play. I can't imagine. How many times have I heard a national broadcaster say, well, the one thing Baker is, is he's accurate. Lie. Has Baker ever been accurate in the NFL? Lies. Never. No. Never. I don't care. And don't don't bring up college because I don't give a rat's ass what he did in college because there are a lot of quarterbacks in college who are accurate, and Baker was one of them, but he's never been accurate in the NFL. One of the lowest completion percentages in the NFL since coming into the league. He's thrown more picks than anybody but one player. He's had more total turnovers than anybody. Baker Mayfield doesn't do anything great. Good riddance. Have fun in Carolina. Well, let me start. All right, let me get right off into it, man. I'm your boy G. Bush, and let's talk about this thing right here. There's a lot of people I've been hearing saying this. You not a Browns fan if you talking about, and I don't go to the Browns card. If you talking about how I'm rooting for Baker week one, you might as well go ahead and switch your colors up, dog. Because even when Odell Beckham Jr. went to the Rams, if they was playing the Browns, peace out, homie. You ain't a Browns fan. And I'm Brad Sellers, and I'm here to say I'm listening. Tick, tick. That's the clock ticking. Is that the NFL in the background trying to cut a deal with the uh, with the Browns and mm. and the Watson camp mm. to bring this thing to a head? We're soon to find out here. And I'm Mikey McNuggets. <laughs> Feels good to say it. I'll tell you, Bull is way louder in person than he is from behind the set. <laughs> and I was not ready for the uh, the decibel levels in my ear, Bull. Let's but I'm go. Excited. Pull it let's, together, will you? Let's do it. Mikey looks a little like. Uh, no offense. You look a little like a Muppet in that chair because you're so tiny. Oh, I'm sitting next to seven foot one Brad I, Sellers. Look at him fair. in the big picture there. He looks really so small. Talking about him about fat. You know, <laughs> um, y'all put me next to the seven I hope foot. I don't not, look fat. What's the way you are? And you one of them dudes that know how much you weigh to a T. What you like 143.2? Come on, don't short. Man, like come that. on. This is the slim side over here. <laughs> yeah, right. Relax. We're the heavyweights. You guys are slim side. You guys are the lightweights. Basketball game. I'm taking me and Brad over. You put any two people in that chair in the media, me and Brad taking y'all every day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. We every day. That. <laughs> I'm not doing that. What? No. Playing basketball? No, we're not. We do cornhole toss. So it don't matter. Bro, oh, how no, good no, are you no, still? No. How good are you still? What? Hooping? I'm boxing you out. Oh, no. Listen, you can't box me. I'm trying to spin. <laughs> spin. Still light on my I, feet, boo. I didn't really still think I could box you. I, I mean, I mean you got 15 inches on me. The, the little jump hook, he still got the, the hook. Don't by, ever go away. By the way, even if I was somehow in a miracle fantasy line able to box you out, you could just go like this. <laughs> you wouldn't even have to Here's jump. You don't realize how tall Brad is till he stands up. Right. Yeah. And then he just keeps true. going. Everyone else stands up, and that's then he true. just keeps elevating and elevating yeah, yeah, yeah. and elevating. Camouflage over here. Yeah. 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 The seat. The seat. Yeah. He's the only one that makes. 
these chairs look normal size. Yeah, like they, they envelop yeah. me, they envelop you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We See, have Anthony, Jason Lloyd in the middle. Anthony, this is him. where you tell us to wrap that up. Right. Keep yeah, it moving. Uh, yeah, got you. Let's in fact do that. Let's keep it moving. A Baker Mayfield is is gone, but not quite yet forgotten at this point. Uh, there have been some people that have suggested that Baker is not going to start week one. I was just on with Nick Wilson, our buddy in Carolina, who's going to be taking over my old job here in Cleveland. Congratulations to him. Um, so, guys, do, who do we think has a better chance to start week one, Deshaun Watson or Baker? It's got to be Baker, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean even, if, even if, if, if you take a look at it, even if, uh, Deshaun Watson gets some favorable, uh, you know, favorable judgings, right? Even if he, if they help him out a little bit, I still to me, I just because I know what the climate is and I understand the way things going. It's like four games. If if they give him four, I'm like this. I'll slow That's clap it up, <laughs> and, and the Browns will be exact ecstatic about that. But I, I mean, zero games is like zero games would be like wow. That we're making prog- progress in this country. <laughs> well, wow, 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 wow. With zero games? This is crazy. You're not going to give him none? I, I definitely think Baker Mayfield has a better chance. See, all he got to do is be Sam Darnold out, right? Uh, he, he, they may play it out like it's a competition, but you don't make that move a couple weeks before camp to bring somebody in if you thought you had somebody. But for me, I think Deshaun Watson is, uh, you know, he's, he's on, on a better path. He's on a better path than he was two weeks ago. But I still think if you had to put my money on it, I say Baker. Well, I, I say this. I think that the fact that, gee, that uh, Deshaun Watson's camp and the NFLPA is playing at hardball on the other side. I mean, uh, before I used to think that the, the no games was going to be uh, unrealistic uh, venture to get to. Mm-hmm. You know, and the more and more I listen to it, I think that they're, they're targeting like zero games. So I would have said yeah. two weeks ago, I would have said, I don't think that he's, he's going to escape with a, with a, with a light, mm-hmm. light slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. They look like they're playing all hard, hard ball and playing on throwing all the chips in here to go with zero games. Ultimately, I don't think it could be zero only because even Rusty Harden admitted he violated the personal conduct policy. Even his own lawyer admitted that. Uh, in three of those cases, so, so I don't what, see how. So it's what be is zero. the personal conduct policy? Oh, I don't know. I don't know it written <laughs> word a, for yeah, word, uh, well, but, but just would, the going. You know, even if it's like going to a prostitute, that's breaking the code. I, I don't think he did that, did he? Well, but <laughs> if, you, if you were paying for sex, then essentially you are. Well, but he, he, he never, he never coerced. I don't think he never. I don't think right. Even if he didn't, even if he didn't force or coerce, if he did pay for sex, he paid for the massage. He paid for sex. He paid for massage. Uh, this is this all is, I know is his lawyer <laughs> said he violated the conduct policy. The, the question we asked though was, yeah, Baker or Watson? Oh yeah, yeah, right. Earlier, yeah, Baker has to beat out Sam Darnold. Sam right. Darnold saw ghosts on a football field less than two years ago. Right. Watson has to beat the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's got to be the NFL or Sam Darnold. Yeah. Give me the chances of Baker beating Sam Darnold a hundred out of well, hundred times. Well, I don't think Watson I, beating the so quarterback. Mike, I don't NFL. think that, that Baker Mayfield is going to beat out Darnold just because of the timing of it. Right? You I, don't I, think I, he is? I, no, I'm saying for game one. Right? Oh. I could see very well seeing that Darnold has the upper hand because yeah, he's been in the system okay. and then play it out. And I could see Baker Mayfield doing his usual, riding in on a stallion, yeah, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, I'm here, right? right. The so the same way he started out with us, just riding in on the stallion on that night, right? Yeah, four and days. then I, to your point, Bull, I was, I was watching uh, 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 Shannon Sharp and, and Skip t- uh, today, right? Yeah. And so you were the one. And so yeah, I was the one. Yeah. <laughs> and so Skip is showing all he's he's a baker, bro, right? Oh, he's, he's, he's a leader of the fan club. Baker, but he's the OU guy. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. He's the OU guy. Yeah. He's showing 
all of Baker's hits, right? And then yeah. Shannon came back on the, onto the flip side, G, on your on your take. Mm -hmm. Let me show you his inaccuracy here. Bingo, Boom. bingo, Boom. bingo, bingo. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. But yeah. see, it depends on what lens you're looking at here, right? So I don't think he can beat Darnold out. I think he ultimately beats Darnold out, but I don't think it's week one. So the question all is right. then, who starts the game first, Baker or Watson? Uh, Sue Robinson gonna tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I look at I look the four games, but here just to kind of go back to it a little bit, man. We're gonna talk about this news that came out a little bit, man. Yeah. And this news right here, this is two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, they gave you something. Now last week we heard the triumvirate: no violence, no coercion, no force. Right? We heard those words. We like, yeah. ooh, that's kind of crazy. This week they talk about they got tape recordings. This right now, they they might want to go back and get Busby and ask him for his cliff notes of how he got that, that money because he was winning the case. He was winning in public. In public he thing. had HBO. Yeah. He kept bringing them out, trickling them. He got the 20 out of the 24 to settle. He got that bag. Y'all might want to call him up because right now the NFL yeah. is looking crazy and five of those cases out of the yeah. 12 have no force. No court It's looking rough. And and I'll tell you something, G. You, you know, you, it's all. First of all, it's like, it's like Busby had. It was a relay race. Busby had the huge, the but he had yeah. the baton and a huge lead, mm -hmm. and then he went to transfer the baton to the league, and they dropped, <laughs> they the, dropped, baton. They dropped the baton, and everybody passed him. Well, because Busby's uh, Busby, Bus, Bus, yeah. Busby's playing in the court of public opinion, where it's loosey goosey, right? I don't have to give you any facts. I That's give true. you a bunch of innuendo, and we're gonna run with it. But right? it, there was enough there that the twenty people that well, he settled uh, with the twenty as people. As start digging into weeds here, yeah. yesterday they said so. The the five cases that they presented in the hearing. The seven that they left out, they said one of them was really problematic because the the brother of one of the accusers right. was like in here basically telling all lies, yeah. right? And so right. they were like, so this is or when, it was the son, wasn't it? The son, yeah, yeah. So right. when you sit here and get here and get all the facts out, because that's where they are now. They were in a place where you had to actually present some facts, right? And, and I think that's part of the problem here. And Deshaun Watson has said the whole time. And we thought to a point he was kind of looking like, man, he was really steadfast on this. He said, when all the facts come out, I feel like I'll be exonerated and I'll be able to clear my name from what would have said has been happening with the allegations. Yeah. And he said that from Jump Street, even right. after he settled. And as we start to see these trickle, because here's the, here's the thing about you can lie to the media. Yeah. You can you can insinuate, you can do all kind of other stuff, but guess what you can't do? You can't lie under oath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, some people you do. Can, you can, but you can. against the law to do it. <laughs> Penalties. I don't, listen, I don't buy that Deshaun Watson's ever going to be exonerated. There's, there'll be people that won't believe him no matter what. I still believe in a lot of these cases, there's probably some gray area where the women might have felt they were being pressured. He didn't realize they were feeling that. I think that's entirely possible. And so, but in the end, at this point, what most of us care about is when will he be back on the field? And it does seem like the tea leaves are changing and that maybe he's going to be back sooner than later. The Dan Graziano report, we referenced it briefly yesterday. Uh, here it is. Uh, the, the, here's some of the speculation. NFL still wants an indefinite suspension, initial push for an entire season. Pa but here's the one. Dan Graziano said on ESPN that the league may be open to the possibility of cutting the suspension down to 12 games. He would still have to apply for reinstatement but that they would be open to considering out of 12 games. Guys, I think, and I know, Mike, you look like you want to jump in on this. I don't think Watson's camp, I don't think the NFLPA will agree to any suspension that includes he has to reapply. 
because I think the NFLPA and Watson's camp feel like there's some some momentum with them in the court of public opinion after it was mostly with the women for a while. And they feel like if Judge Robinson gives a suspension that is eight games or less, and we don't know that she'll do that, but if she gives a suspension eight games or less and the league tries to bigfoot her, the league's going to now look bad instead of Watson, whereas if they if they make it a suspension where he has to apply, then the league can rule then, and it's long after. They want the league, the NFLPA and Watson's camp want Robinson's, whatever she says. Ruling to be final. Final, that's it. They, don't, they want to move on after that. Yeah, because if there's an appeal process and he has to reinstate mm-hmm. Right. There's then no it's a little more hush it, it pushes it back again, yes. and next uh, thing so you know, know, 12 games in, Watson applies for reinstatement. The yeah. NFL says, eh, we're not ready. It right. leaves the door open for new information yes. to come out, for new details to come out that may paint Watson in a bad picture and extend whatever the initial suspension that they agree upon because it wouldn't be through ruling with so, Robinson. So by even giving the option of reinstatement, it just extends this process that much longer. There's no way Watson and so, so, Camp are going to agree so to be, it. Be clear, Mike. The, the, the NFL wants to get away from it as far as they can, as quick as they can. I, the player Association is not going for a 12-game suspension and apply no. for reinstatement. You can forget that, right? Because if you do that, we're just going all out war and all the daggers are going to come out. Yep. It does nobody any good here. The, the, the thing that I always think about is this. Sometimes when you're both caught in a, a pinch point, you better try to negotiate your way out of here to something yeah. that, that, that works. Now, the NFL stance publicly has to be, in my opinion, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing the hammer. I'm bringing the weight. Right. I cannot relinquish that position in public, right? But I can walk in after I say, We've just, we have just reached an agreement, G. Mm-hmm. The Player <laughs> Association and Watson's camp to a number that we both can live with here, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so I think as time goes on here, Bull, yeah. that this this is the inner workings of politics behind the scenes, right? Yeah. Because smart people here they're both they're smart people on both sides somebody has to be saying wait a minute this is this is a train wreck coming yeah. here i think what's interesting guys in the court of public opinion is that you're talking about it's a mix here it's i, I and you guys have both referenced this there's a lot of people in the black community they're keeping an eye on this situation and feel like black people always get screwed in the court system and here in this case deshaun watson the in texas not known for their being fair uh, in terms of race, exonerated. Well, I shouldn't say exonerated. Him. That's not fair. Two grand juries, two grand juries charges. said they, were, right. they couldn't bring up charges. They didn't exonerate him. Um, and, and so people are watching this. Now, if you have Sue Robinson, a black woman, say, I think the Sean Watson suspension should be four games. So she's a woman and a person of color. And so if they bigfoot her, to give a longer suspension to a black man who's been exonerated, not exonerated, I gotta stop saying that, <laughs> who's been cleared of or, or not brought charges against right. him in Texas, I think it looks really bad in that vein. All right, let's, let's, and, let me just, yeah. I'll just be clear about it. It looks really racist. Yes. Like, this yeah. should be honest with it. Like, yeah. it don't look bad. It just looks really racist. racist. Right. And, and, and we'll drill down on it. You, when, he, when Busby and, and Harden were arguing over whether or not that Deshaun Watson did anything to violate the the uh, the, the public or you know player conduct rule, right? Personal conduct. Well, we already know that in court, they've had to say that yes, Robert Kraft violated that same same clause, but we didn't give him anything. 
Do you understand? Now, now how does that sound? You, and, and then we even have people coming on radio stations justifying that. Well, it is what it is. No, 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 no. We're not going to play that it is what it is. Because we, listen, there's a lot of people that have not forgotten this. When they was kneeling all across the country to, to, to uh, you know, police brutality, the league was not kind to players. They, they were not kind. And as soon as George Floyd happened, oh, let's, Roger Goodell wants to, you know, let, hey, let's get up here. You Empty know, statements. Hey, hey, um, you know what? We should have, the league stands with. No, you didn't. You act like you, we don't, why do you people feel like we are dumb? Like we don't see this stuff happening in real time. So the thought process is this. We've been talking about it from Jump Street. These aren't new things coming out. There's documents and stuff saying that there was some discrepancies in some of the some of the uh, 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 their statements to begin with. The problem is this: the NFL wants to continue to act like they have the leverage in this situation. They don't, because guess what? If that if, if Sue Robinson comes back and says, "Hey, this is the the judgment," what is it going to look like? If you go over our head yeah, and bad. trump that, right? So, so that. I, I just want to get to what Bull said in here. So, from the speaking from the black community side, the black community is not a monolith. It's not singular right. in thinking. Fair, right? it, fair. It is not. It yes. is. But what it really wants to see is fairness, right? Because yep. we don't know what Sean Watson did. Yep. I have no idea. Right? He knows and they know. Uh, right. That's I it. have no idea what he right. did. They, we just want, I think, when I, when, I, when I sum it up for what I hear from folks that live in my neck of the woods, right? they just want the process to be fair. And then at the end of the day, if something happened that he needs to be punished for, so they, be it. that's what yeah. it is. Right. Fair that's right. what they want, just fairness. right? But yeah. when it looks like, to your point, that you're, if you're jerry-rigging it behind the scene, yeah. right? because we have seen this happen, right? I watched Colin Kaepernick, whose stance was basically about uh, police brutality, Get hijacked, huh. right? It got hijacked. Yeah. Took the whole right. thing. I like it went from that to about the flag, and I'm like, that's not what he's talking about. He's just talking about what played out in Minneapolis before it played out. Yes, yeah. right. And we, uh, just from the standpoint of this is what we see. Do not discount that. This is what we see. Right. And so they just want it to be fair. And then at that, we'll we'll live with it from there. Equal right. treatment under the law, right. under the policy. And, and if it. you hire Sue Robinson. And make it seem, and she's a, a very qualified, credible person, and make it seem like she has this power, and then you take away that power by bigfooting her. It makes it seem like you were using her as a pawn, right? And that makes you look even worse. And, 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 and even with saying that, Sue Robinson might come back, and what we have to take in consideration too is, it could be longer than we think. And Absolutely. we gotta live with it. Be clear. Absolutely. Be clear. Sue Robinson is is in the crosshairs here. She's being to see this in baseball. The squeeze play is on. Oh, yeah. Right? She's in the middle of the squeeze play. No doubt. Now we're going to see how she gets out of the rundown here. This is what's <laughs> happening here. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think the conversation changes if her penalty is stricter than we expect. Yes. I think we're starting to feel like right. it's not going to be. Right. But it could go the other way. way. It but if it goes the other way, we're going to be like, well, okay. I mean, I think I'm going to be more okay with it right. if she puts the penalty rather than Goodell in the NFL. And the, the tide is seemingly turning in Watson's favor in the public opinion. But I read something in Sportico I thought was really interesting today about Robinson's process in getting the briefs, taking her time, making sure that her judgment is ironclad. So whether right. it's Watson's camp or the NFL's camp who wants to come back against it, they're going to have to prove that everything she's collected over the last two weeks with the written briefs, the hearings, all the testimonies, 
well, is inaccurate. Well, stuff before that, well, too. What I'm mean, saying with interviews. Within, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Within that realm, though, the evidence to overturn her judgment is going to be so prevalent and so over the top Yeah. that who cares if she takes so long? I'd rather her that's take true. her time I, I, and make the so, right judgment than rush so to something and, that's so going to be overturned or in, inclusive. In the normal process of arbitration, this is normal. So the judge, as she hears the case, she is making her notes and figuring out which direction she's going. The briefs at the end are just really for you to make your case, your final play at her and say, okay, this is what I think. And she goes through that and then she sifts through and she has, she's going to have a, a render a, a decision here. And I, I don't, and I would say this, her decision is, is based in fact, but she's really one of the few people that's heard all the facts, mm-hmm. right? We haven't heard the facts. We That's hear true. Bits. We've heard bits and pieces. Yep. I, listen, there's no way, there's nothing we know that would give you any reason to question her credibility. Fair? No. Right. Okay. No. So whatever she decides, even though, you know, you've been saying all along, maybe he shouldn't be suspended or it should be low. I've been saying it should be fairly low. Other people, a lot of other people in this town have been saying it should be high, blah, right. blah, blah. If she comes with a high suspension or low, whatever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna okay give with her it. complete I'm, I'm whatever okay she with. decides. I'm good with. And, and you know that's that. That's why I try to be objective in the thing. Yeah, we were like watching the play, but at the end yeah. of the day, if she comes back with what she's coming back with, she's heard all the testimony, she's heard all the briefings, she's heard people stand in front of her and have to tell under oath what happened. And as it, far as we know, she's got no agenda like right. the yeah, NFL no agenda. does. You, it'll, yeah. it'll suck. We might have to see you next year, yeah. Deshaun. Was she appointed <laughs> by the NFL? Did the NFL appoint her to this position, or how did they come to they, Well, they hired they, her. They agreed to the, the, the collective bargaining. But with her, right? yeah. her background and her credibility, yeah. I can't imagine she would take this to be a pawn for the NFL. There's just no reason to believe no, that's no, the case, I, so I'm going to trust that, That's not what I was implying. I was, yeah. I was curious how she got in this position. Yeah, I mean, I think she got she hired was. by the – she was hired by them. But well, I think I think when you – Well, hired is not the right word. When you're in collective bargaining, yeah. then they, they agreed on a process. And they yeah. ultimately, like when I'm in an arbitration case, I get to uh, – the, the, both parties get to agree on who the arbiter is. Right. So they had to right. probably got do that. You. Yeah, yeah. Hired was a bad yeah. choice of words. All right, guys, coming up in, in a little bit, what what is Baker going to have to do for the Browns to regret this trade? Is there something? We'll get to that in a minute, but it's time for the uh, top five. Yes, it is. We're going to bring Anthony. Anthony, five. so Mikey's on the panel today. So Anthony is uh, producing the show today. Can we get a shot of Anthony, or we're not going to Anthony. You don't have to show my face. It's uh, okay. But as there he is. Is. The top five, there he is. I'm glad he uh, shaved let today. Let me get the video pulled up real quick. <laughs> All right, ultimate top five is. Come on, Anthony. Ultimate Let's go. Top five <laughs> is sponsored by Round Stone Insurance. There we Round go. Stone is a Just get my for face. affordable quality health care. For more than a decade, Roundstone Insurance has been saving small and mid-sized businesses money on average for 20 of 20%. That's right, 20%. Contact us today to learn how you can get great healthcare benefits for your, that your employees love and save money too. Roundstone, 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 I've always wanted to do that. There you go. I All can't right, do guys, it. So our top five is going to be a little bit different the today. family. <laughs> go ahead. I was our top five is going to be a little bit different today. These are our top five Baker tweet memes. Uh, brought to you by Brianna, actually. I'm just going to be calling them out here. Oh, okay. In my Brianna's order. got the top five. All right, so Steve, Baker we can go have a number five. Baker Mayfield and Robbie Anderson meeting up for the first time, and it's a shot um, from Step Brothers when the Step Brothers oh. meet. All time, all time great comedy, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Okay. Mount Rushmore of comedies. Yeah. Tweeted by Shooter McGavin, of course. Yeah, from. I, I don't know much about the beef, but I love yeah. this movie. I had to pick it. Okay. It, was, it gave me a good laugh. That's good. All right, we can. All right, this next one, Bernie Kozar tweeting him good luck to Carolina. I Meeting Bernie when he came in episode one, great guy. Yeah. Just love being nice to Baker. 
I saw Bernie get off a funny bus in the flats this weekend. Really? Went into the brewery, went to the bathroom, came out, got right back on a funny bus. And left. What is the funny bus? I don't even know what that is. Honestly, I don't know. It was a funny looking bus. Oh, a funny looking bus. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it was funnybus.com on the back. It really was called funny bus. I don't know what well, it is. So I got to look that up. Maybe. He's everywhere. I was in the flats. Mikey's everywhere. He's a single twenty-year-old. I mean, everywhere. What else is he doing? I caught him. Listen, never listen. Never. You, I don't want you investigating none of my stuff. I've like, seen him. Seen him in a Lakewood Park. No, I was at Collision. Ben can't be what, what happens on the funny bus stays on the funny bus. I wasn't on the funny bus. He got out, used the bathroom, went back. Bernie was not on the funny bus. Number three. <laughs> never saw him. All right. So number three is Miles Garrett. I love the beef between Miles Garrett and Baker. I think it's so funny. This the, is fact, the fact that we made ready. that beef up, kind of, yeah. it is a thing. But it is a, it is it's a real. cold war. Yeah. It is a And that's from McNeil, who's got a big yeah. following on Twitter. Yeah. We're going to hear from Jason in a few minutes on yeah. the Baker-Garrett beef. Yeah, he, Jason had some interesting stuff. Well, that's on legit, that. huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, no, no. It wasn't uh, uh, Baker-Miles beef in Jason's article. It, but it was related because Stefanski went Right. It was more a Stefanski-Baker beef. It's all tight. But G and I... Think that bake there's a Baker Miles beef yeah, too. Yeah, there is. Uh, go ahead, number two. Yeah, number two is going to be T.J. Watt running Baker Mayfield out of the AFC North. I I think it's hysterical the way Baker cowers away from him in hey, this video. Bro. This is when I knew it was all over. <laughs> like this, I, I it was done. Awkward. He, he he just was like, man, you trash. Get up out of here. You come on, bro. You, you was the guy. You the dude. Yeah, it was just done. It's finished. I had to. Uh, that's a good one. And oh. number one, we can take it, Steve. It's WWE. Shawn Michael hitting him like Miles Garrett's gonna hit Baker Mayfield week one. Oh, oh, oh. Got a soft spot for Sweet WWE in my heart. Well, Hopefully, Miles Garrett will well, kick him well, in the let's, head let's, though. Let's, let's let's talk about that. Yeah. That Cleveland Carolina game we is won. probably the number one game in the country. That, yes. that, it needs yeah. to be flexed yes. ASAP. Flexed. Yeah. ASAP. Flexed. It should yeah, be the I Thursday don't know. night Do game. Do other fan bases care as much? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Baker Mayfield is a top five. Baker Mayfield is almost more popular than Odell Beckham Jr., and I would have never said that prior to Odell leaving. All the national shows. That's national, all that's all they about. talk about. Baker yeah. is a top Well, five. but there's been no other. There's no. There's nothing oh, else to talk about. But they have 31 other teams to find stuff so to talk so about from, and they yeah. still yeah. came this, back to Baker Carolina every day. Browns game in week one. Yeah, it's going to be big. It's going to be massive. Yeah. And you got the Deshaun Watson stuff still looming. And it's in Carolina. Right. It's in Carolina. It would have been better if it were here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. That would have been better because then you also had the added thing of the fan reaction. What would the fan reaction be? But but, I'm going to tell you what. They said it earlier. If he throws a couple touchdowns, please believe he's working on his celebrations right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's – look. Uh, he might put a flag down somewhere. By the way, what Sam Darnold can't win this job. It's over. <laughs> hey, what, is, what is Miles Garrett? Does he have a sack dance? No. Because I no, guarantee you, hope yeah. Baker's going to go through the tape, find something that Miles Garrett has done in the past, and when he throws his first touchdown, that is exactly nah, what he's going to do to uh, celebrate. He ain't, he, he's not going to try to rally up Miles Garrett. I, I, I don't see, that's this. not a good call. If, if I was Baker and I knew Miles Garrett was on the end, I'd be very, very concerned. Yeah, he ain't trying to show up Miles <laughs> I'd be Garrett. Very, that, very concerned. Are, you, are you checking every protection on the left very, side? That's a bad call. And, and, he, and, and, you know, it's so funny now that he, he's on the other side. It's kind of like, man, how many balls can we knock down at the line of scrimmage? Can we, <laughs> how many times is he going to roll out to the right after G, he has a clean G, pocket? What do you think Lawrence Taylor would have said 
for the linebacker position lined up behind Baker if they were on the other side. What kind of stuff would Lawrence Taylor be talking? He was talking about eating his children. Oh, no, I mean, you know, seeing his mother, killing his mom. I don't know what he was saying. His, his grandmother's crazy. not off limits. His pastor, <laughs> deacon, yeah, whatever. Lawrence Taylor, he's he's he's. They had to stop for a little bit, put oh, mics on. How people. about what yeah. they would have said about their pro the progressive commercial? Oh, 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 progressive his stuff. wife. Yeah, I mean, all that. All that. No and you thought Baker that. wasn't liked around the country now. Oh. You go back 20 years to the 90s and the 80s. Oh. He, but he'd been eviscerated. I don't know that Baker's not. Baker is uh, very polarizing. There's a lot of people that like Baker. Oh, but, yeah, but I, I mean, no this question. side of the people who don't, though. If you, like yeah. Miles Garrett's not going at him the same way Lawrence Taylor would. Yeah, he no. or Deacon Jones or any, any of those crazy yeah, guys. Those guys were like, that, Bruce that's, that's bonkers. A, that's a difference. Speaking of bonkers, let's bring Jason Lloyd in uh, from the Athletic. He's kind of bonkers. I mean, who goes to summer? What do you go to summer league for? Who gives a crap about summer league? What are you? <laughs> that, that's the first Let question. Talk Jason, do you sleep last talk night? To him. Jay Lloyd. I, I'm like, I, I haven't been to bed yet. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm kidding. Steve says I'm Jason's kidding. on remote. I'm like, where's he on remote? What is he doing? He's going to summer league. I mean, there's got to be some other yeah. reason you're out there. You're going to see strippers or hookers or something. I don't know. I already wrote that story. Hey, hey, tell, hey, tell him don't start that. You already, you're trying to get out the car situation. That's true. He's He's wife's to the fire. Stop playing. Hey, Jason, have you seen right? that? I, I know the uh, retired NBA Players Association having a, uh, their convention out there this week. Have you seen a bunch of those guys running around here? In Vegas? No, I, I, never, left the, I, I never left the pool yesterday. Uh, so I haven't seen uh, anyone. See, that's what I'm saying. He's living the life. Tough aside. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, Jason, we, I, we got uh, we we got meetings today at the athletic. That's why I'm here. We got company wide meetings all day today. Ah. Uh, there's a big dinner tonight, and I will make it over. Cavs play today, uh, five o'clock, I think it is Eastern, two o'clock here. So I'll make it over there and watch a little bit of their game. Nobody really cares, like no. you know. Evan Mobley's not playing his brother. Is Evan's not on the team? Abaji's here, but I mean, summer league. Uh oh, see, this is what happens you. when I'm on remote. There you go. Summer league, summer league is just an excuse for everyone to come to Vegas and, and get drunk for a couple days. The entire NBA just descends yeah. on this place. Fair, fair enough. At least you're honest about it. Before we get back with Jason, go <laughs> ahead, Anthony. Give us a read here. Yeah, as always, whenever we bring a guest in, it's brought to you by Gridiron Guys Construction. Looking for a local roofer you can trust? Family-owned since 2003. The Gridiron Guys have grown to become Northeast Ohio's top-rated roofer. We exemplify work practices, are a valued resource for homeowners, and offer 10-year workmanship warranty. Call 330-573-7967 today for a free estimate of roof inspection. Grid, 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 grid iron, guys. There you go. So that's how you got to sell it. He was like, if y'all want, want those uh, jingles, holler at my man. Yeah, there you go. I got it covered. He's hey, on Cameo now, too. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Jason, I, I was cursing some guy out for being bad at fantasy football on his Cameo video this morning. Hey Jason, before we get to uh, the exciting summer league that you're covering, uh, let's get to let's get to your column. You wrote a great column. Did it come out this morning or last night? I can't remember exactly. Uh, the, the, I actually wrote it on the plane yesterday. Okay, it wrote, it okay. came out yesterday. Well, I read it this morning, and it was very eye-opening. Uh, some of the the Baker. So Jason wrote a column, obviously about Baker and the Browns and what happened, and and in this column, you talk about a meeting. That uh, this I did did not know. To me, this is news. That Stefanski missed that he was supposed to be in like the team meeting, going over the game after the Patriot debacle, I believe. And Baker was ticked, but Stefanski was dealing with Miles Garrett, who had kind of thrown the coaches under the bus after that game a little bit. And then Stefanski, like as you said, be careful what you wish for, because Stefanski was all in after that. And was that in your mind the, when the fraying of this relationship really started to take hold? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny like that that one nugget really kind of took off a little bit yesterday, and, yeah. and I guess I should have known better. It surprised me a little bit, but it's any sort of blood in the water now. You know, everyone's looking for for any sort of chum <laughs> to chew on. And I, I don't think that there was one thing. In fact, I wrote that. It's really kind of hard to pinpoint where this all sort of deteriorated. Um, that, that was just one example of something that, that occurred. And, you know, yeah, you know, Miles came out after the New England game and, and said there was no adjustments. And, you know, I don't, I don't really think it was that big of a deal. I think Kevin just sort of pulled him aside and said, you know, careful what you say to the media, that sort of thing. But the timing of it, he did miss a, a meeting uh, with, with Baker, and Baker was kind of annoyed by it and felt like if you're the play caller, you need to be in every meeting, which is a fair point. But obviously, Kevin had something pretty pressing to deal with. And and so then, Kevin, it was, it was, it's my understanding, Kevin was sort of a, you know, careful what you wish for and really sort of shined a light on things that Baker could do to get better. I don't know that necessarily that is what fractured the relationship. I just think it was a combination of a lot of things. Uh, you know, the shoulder injury certainly plays a role in this. Um, but I, I just I think we've made way too big of a deal over the shoulder injury. I've said that for a long time. Yes, it was significant. But quarterbacks, football players have to play through play hurt and play through things all the time. And and this is just another example of that. The, the, the larger point to me that I put in there and I, I'd, I'd written this before is this fourth quarter stats, which we talked about when oh. I was on the set last week. They're awful. I think he was 59th in the NFL in fourth quarters throughout his career. That's not the shoulder. That's his career. And, and, and last year, the numbers were terrible in the fourth quarter. In week one, Kansas City, he throws the pick. And I was talking to people in the building then and said, that's on six. Like, he was phenomenal in the Chiefs game for three and a half quarters. But when you really needed him, where was he? And, and, and you know, I mean, and not to belabor the point, he's gone. It doesn't matter. But, but those, are, those are the reasons why – He's not the quarterback here today, more so than than that meeting. Jason, do you feel like the meeting would have blown up in the capacity it did if Stefanski was meeting with someone else other than Miles Garrett? Because there is that kind of rumor out there that Garrett and Baker may not have loved each other so much, you know? No, I don't think I, I, I it was just a matter of, you know, Kevin wasn't in that meeting. And, and again, it's, it's just one meeting. You know, it's all they, these guys meet all the time. It's just one. Um, it's just the one that I know about, um, and, but I, I don't think the fact it was Miles had anything to do with it. I don't, I'm frankly, I don't. I'm not entirely sure Baker knew where Kevin was. He just knew he wasn't in the room. Uh, you, you know, Jason, I, I look at this thing, and, and you tell me if I'm, I'm wrong on this one. Um, from, from the outside looking in, when people say what went wrong or how it happened, I look at what Baker Mayfield does, and I look at his skill set, and I believe. In his heart of hearts, he believes that his skill set is just better than what it is, right? Like, you know, Tom 100%. Brady seems like he'd say something like that. Hey, you, you, he'd tell Bruce Arians, hey, you got to be in this meeting, right? He'll tell Josh McDaniels, hey, you got to be in this meeting. But that's Tom Brady. I just think sometimes he, he feels he's, he's at that level. And does that tend to rub people the wrong way a little bit, right? You, you could be the quarterback and have that bravado, but if, if, like you said, you ain't delivered in the fourth quarter. That stuff get real old real quick. I think it rubs people the wrong way because it gets them in trouble on the field. You know, it, and the, the, the attitude and the personality and all that is, is really secondary because they'll put up with you if you're performing on the field. I had two former NFL quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, who had a decent amount of success in the NFL tell me last year that, 
Baker thinks he's Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, and he's not. And that's what gets him in trouble, is thinking that he's better than he is, trying to make plays that aren't there, trying to, quote, save, sort of save the play call rather than just the, what's, what's given to him and run what's called and what's in front of him. But he's always – and then, you know, that's where the bad footwork comes into it and the bad decision-making and throwing the ball into, into areas where he shouldn't be throwing the ball and some of the awful interceptions that we saw. And, and that's what guys get frustrated with. You know, it, it's just the, the thinking that you can do things that you're not capable of doing. And then it, you put the team in peril and you put the team in trouble. And, and, then, and then you act the way that he does and behave sort of the way he does. That's what I think aggravates people. And, and you know, like, you know, some of the things that his wife posted on social media. I know that didn't sit well in the locker room. And whether she, it was intended or not, whether she meant to, whether she meant for it to come off the way that it did or not, you know, that aggravated some people. So it was, there's a lot. This is complicated and messy. It's <laughs> not a simple cut and dried. This happened and, and then this happened and now they hate each other because of that. Like, it's, it's a lot more yeah. complicated than that. The contract plays a role in this. You know, everyone keeps saying, well, why didn't Kevin have the bravado to, to sit Baker down? Listen, ownership wanted him out there. The entire organization wanted him out there. They had a decision to make of whether or not they should pay him $300 million. That's why Baker played. And it wasn't this, you know, that Baker's this tough guy, Moxie, you know, look how tough he is. He's playing through this. And why doesn't the team shut him down for his own sake and his own benefit? Baker's trying to get a contract. And the Browns are trying to evaluate him. That's yeah. why he did. That's why he was out there. For and plus, you know, he, physically he was able to go. And and you know, physically, the, the, if the doctors can't clear him and he's he's legitimately hurt, like he was for the Thursday night game, coming off the, the second shoulder injury against Arizona, he was too hurt to play. He didn't play. But when the doctors clear you and you're medically cleared to play, and you have a three hundred million dollar decision to make, get out on the field and play. So, so Jason, to, to your point, uh, and to me personally, I'm, I'm just so tired of it. I mean, I'm ready to move on. I'm done, right? You yeah, go, you and me both, you, man. You want to go, all right, you're gone. I think the Browns did a sweet move, right, getting out of this deal, how they got out of it. I mean, they basically out of, the, out of the deal, Jason, for $6.5 million and getting himself some cap room, right, by the time Baker switches his guarantees to incentives, the Carolina picks up some of the thing, uh, picks some of the cash, the Browns pick up some of the cash. If he really wanted to go, well, now you're gone, right? So now we'll move on because you right. weren't happy here and you're making us miserable. There are half the people in the locker room that were miserable, <laughs> right? So move on. Take your storm cloud with you, right? Take it to Carolina and let's see if it works out for you in Charlotte, right? Now, the thing that you're going to learn to regret as a, as a young player potentially is, is this. The Browns have a cab, kitchen cabinet full of good groceries. <laughs> good groceries. Fresh produce. Now, let me know what it looks like when you go to a place that has no groceries or very limited groceries. You're like, man, it didn't work like that in Cleveland. So I, I sit up here and say this, Jason. He's moved on, and all the baggage, right? You think you're a better player? Because there are a lot of people out here that think they're better than they are. We have a chance. I just want to get back to the Browns having a chance, and now that we have at least one portion of the equations resolved. Let's get to the other portion of the equation, which are Deshaun Watson, Jacoby Brissett, who's going to be available, and how healthy we can stay if, if our main guy is down for a number of weeks. How healthy can we stay and keep the ship afloat until all the troops are on the floor? That's all I'm concerned about. I'm not concerned about it. My man is gone. Look happy. You, you should be happy. But I yeah, see, um, I'm going to see some tweets. I know I'm going to see some tweets. 
Because it, I guarantee you this, it's not going to take long for him to get to Carolina and something sideways come out of his mouth. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I mean, what coach has he liked that he's had his career? Think about it. Lincoln wow. Riley, he liked Lincoln. Probably just Lincoln let him do whatever he wanted at, at Oklahoma. But what other coach? He, he went to war with Cliff Kingsbury. He went to war with Gary Patterson, who never even coached him. And Baker didn't like Gary because he wouldn't recruit him at TCU, according to Baker. And he didn't like you, which I give a pass on that one because yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I would side with anybody over Hugh Jackson in any argument. You're against Hugh? Okay, yeah, you win. But but aside from that, you know, I mean, the the uh, Freddie Kitchens, I, you know, I, if you liked him or not, I, I can't really speak to that. There was the whole clip of him calling Freddie an idiot or something, and it was all looked like it was in jest. But turns out he was right. <laughs> Freddie is not capable of being a head coach. But there's just a pattern here of, of Baker's behavior and, and going to war with coaches. And from that perspective, you know, if you want to talk about the instability that he had when he was in Cleveland, and which is fair, you know, four head coaches in his first three years, four coordinators, he did not have much stability here throughout his time here. I'm, he's not really going to get it in Carolina either. He's walking into another situation where a coach is on the hot seat and coaching for his job. So there's still more instability. He, you know, who knows how long he's going to be in Carolina. If I'm Baker, you know, I'd rather have wound up in Seattle and Carolina. I think Seattle is a little bit more stable of a situation uh, than, than what's going on where he's walking into now. It's just as turbulent there as it was, you know, his first couple of years here. Jason, real quick, do you think the Browns sent him there on purpose? No, because they got to play in week one. Like, you know, I don't. Carolina's you, roster I, is I think, not that. It's not terrible. Jason it's knows, how, terrible. Jason knows he, how it works in this league. They will send you places sometime to punish you. Right, they will. Oh, for yes, sure. Yes, they yeah. will. <laughs> that that was my argument when Kyrie said he asked for a trade. I'm like, go send him to Sacramento. You don't like winning. Right. You don't like playing with LeBron. You don't like playing for championships. Here, go go sit out in Sacramento or Detroit and see what it's like living on the other side. And for sure, that happens. I, you know, who was the linebacker that the Browns got from the Patriots a few years ago? Oh man, I, I forgot his name. He wanted a contract from uh, from the Jamie Patriots. Collins. Belichick, Jamie Collins. Right. Why do you think Bill Belichick traded him to Cleveland? That's yeah. exactly what you're talking about, Brad. You don't want my money. You don't like playing for, for for the Patriots. You don't like playing for championships. Here, go live in Cleveland for a while. Yeah. See what you think about being on the other side. That for sure happens. I don't think that was the case here. I think the Browns were just looking for an empty chair. An off-ramp. And, and where they could – yeah, just anywhere that they could dump them. Jason, let's talk about if now that Baker's gone and that's out of the equation, if Deshaun Watson is susp- – again, the t- – we feel like everything's going in the momentum of the suspension won't be the whole season. But if he is still suspended for the whole season, if that happens, do they go Garoppolo? Yesterday I mentioned Cam Newton, even though he's been terrible the last couple of years. Do they just stick with Brissett for a whole season? What do you think? What, will you, what do you want them to do? What do you think they will do if he is suspended for the season? It's so hard to say. I, I, they They – went and signed Jacoby Brissett with the understanding he was going to have to play some football games, but I don't think they signed Jacoby Brissett with the understanding he was going to have to play the whole season. And that's a big difference. There's a big difference in get us through the first six games, get us through the first eight games and okay, you got to take us to the playoffs and win us the Super Bowl because Deshaun's not going to be here. So I personally, you know, I don't think I I know that they've, they've never really been high on Jimmy G uh, for whatever reason that he's just never they just haven't been that enthralled with them. I think you have to look at him if this is a year-long thing because you're, this is a team built to win right now. 
and with, yeah. with Miles and with Nick Chubb, the contract clocks are running. And Jadavian Clowney came back here for for a chance to win. And and I'm not saying you got to make a quarterback change because of Jadavian Clowney, but all the factors thrown in, you're, you're trying to compete for a Super Bowl right now. This team is ready to win, and I don't think I don't see realistically how you can how you can win with Jacoby Brissett. So I would not do Cam Newton. I think he's done. I think he's cooked. Um, but I, I would look long and hard at, at Jimmy if the shoulder's right. I, I think you have to look long and hard at that, see what the price is, and and see if that can be a one-year stopgap for you. What about Ryan Fitzpatrick? Hasn't played in the year. Last time we saw him, 13 touchdowns. He's in the booth. He's fresh. Didn't play last year. He's got the healthy arm, and he already knows every playbook in the NFL because he's been around for True. seven decades and played for I'd 27 and 30 Cam teams. i take him over Cam Newton. Yeah. But, oh, I would too, but is he really – that much better than Jacoby Brissett? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think he is. Hey, Brissett's, Brissett's fourteen and twenty three in his career as a starter, though. I, th- I think we're all over. Well, maybe the yeah. Browns aren't overhyping him, but I think Browns fans selling yeah, themselves no, on Brissett being a, a capable starter for a I mean, full a season. You're going to be disappointed. Yeah, he he's a guy who the more he plays, the more he's going to get exposed. That's right. So if if, if you can get so him in big. short bursts of four, <laughs> well, four <laughs> games, six games, eight games, whatever, I think yeah. I think Jacoby can hold serve for this team. And get him right. to three and three through the first six weeks. I think that's that's realistic. And you know, is it is Ryan Fitzpatrick that much better than right. Jacoby Brissett? I, I don't think he is. The Browns don't think he is, or they would have signed him. Yeah. You know, they, they would when they needed a, a backup quarterback to to Deshaun, knowing he was going to miss some games. If the Browns thought Ryan was better, they would have just gone out and signed him. So clearly, they they like uh, Jacoby better than than Fitzpatrick. I think the only move to make is Jimmy. That's yeah. the only guy to me that's out there that is a significant upgrade over what you've got. Jason, last thing on the Browns before we move on to the Cavaliers here. They obviously have a little more cap room. I think it ends up being about $8.5 between the money he's Baker's uh, you know, t- turning into incentives and the money that Carolina's picking up. Do you expect them – now, if the opposite kind of happens, especially if Watson is not suspended for the whole season – to be, be maybe more aggressive than they've been on either a veteran defensive tackle like an Indomitian Sue or a veteran wide receiver like a Will Fuller? I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to look foolish here, but I think you've got what you've got at this point. I know that there's some names out there and there's some guys out there, and I suppose if the money's right, maybe you take a look at them, but I, I sort of think this is who they're, this is who they're rolling with. And right. this is who they're going to take into camp, and and this is and this is where this is their team, this is, and, and you know, I, I just think especially a guy like Will Fuller who has ties to Deshaun, if they wanted him, he'd have been here by now, and I I don't if he's not here now, I don't see what would cause them to change their minds on that. You know, Jason, we we switching gears to the Cavs. We we got some good stuff to talk about here. Obviously, Darius Garland. Gets the super bag. I mean, he. This is the Goyard yeah. bag, the Louis Vuitton, the Gucci, the Hermes, authentic. You, the authentic leather <laughs> joint, the duffel. You walk into the airport, you know you playing for somebody. He's now, buying even a fancier car than Jason just got. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> what you mean? He got, he's sitting in the, in the, the Phantom. But yeah. but but let's talk about this this relationship with Colin Sexton. I said it when it happened. I said, man. Rich Paul is representing both of them young fellas and for for a dude in the prime of his career to see his teammate. Now, I think they both great guys, but there has to be something in Colin Sexton that says, man, he just got that level of money. Is it something that you look at it and say, well, is Colin going to be like, 
I ain't taking 16. I, I at least need I at least need 20, 21, 22. And can that can they coincide if one of them has the contract and Colin don't have it yet? Yeah, I think well, so there's a lot there. And I guess let's start with the agent thing. And you know, I, I think gee that you're you're onto something there with the fact that Colin fired his agent. He went through last year, didn't get a contract extension from the Cavs. Entering restricted free agency now, you know, it's no coincidence that that's when Colin fires his agent and hires Rich Paul, who <laughs> has turned into one of the most influential, powerful agents in the NBA. And Colin's looking for the money. He, and I, I'm not sure he's going to get it. I don't think he's going to get the number he wants, but I think he feels rightfully so that Rich is better aligned to get him that number than than Austin, his his old agent, who, who, he, moved, who he moved on from during the season. But I, I don't think the Cavs are going to overextend on him. There was a time where I thought they were. There was a time, and and you know I was really hard on on Colin for a number of years, and and the Cavs for putting him in the sort of positions that they were putting him in. I didn't think he was suited to, to be that. They were positioning him as the face of the franchise, and he was not that. And that's just not his game. He's never going to be that. But now you know when he put up the, some of the numbers that he did, and you treated him the way that you did. Now he wants. Now the Bills come due for that. And now he wants you to write him the check, and I'm not sure they're gonna they're gonna go into the twenty million dollar range for him. He's he's got a clearly defined role on this team, and it's really not as a starting two guard next no. to Darius anymore. And for everything that I've I've you know, that I've I've written about Colin, you know he he's a he is a good guy, and to the extent that we know these guys, I always pause and you know you never know what guys are like behind closed doors. You try not to make blanket statements like that. But he's handled everything thrown at him well. He has had a lot of adversity when you've got people like me saying some of the things that I've said and written about him and other people in the media have said and written about him. And he always just keeps his mouth closed and comes to work and, and works hard. And, and, you know, when they first brought these guys in, I said, you know, well, clearly nobody learns from their mistakes because Kyrie and Dion wanted to strangle each other after about a year together. And here we go all over again. And everyone up and down the organization has said, this is not that. These guys are not that. You know, it's completely different personalities. They really are cool with each other. And I, I think, you know, Colin, of course, Colin wants his bag, but I think he's thrilled for Darius to get the contract that he got as well. So let, me, let me ask you about the bag here, right? Because there's a pathway for Colin Sexton here. And I, I'm cognizant of the heat that players get. You know, Jason, I, I, you know, I spend my time in Chicago. There's enough daggers being thrown at me in Chicago, right? So I understand how sure. it goes. Yeah. You learn to let it roll off your back like water as you, as you matriculate through this league. Let me let me say this to you. There's a bag for him, but it really comes as a person who can provide me punch off the bench. But if you can 100%. accept that role, you can thrive in it. You may not be the two hundred million dollar man, but you're gonna be well taken care of in this league. And I tell you, for longevity, for a guy his size, I just looked at what John Wall got over his last four years. Wow. John Wall's played like forty games, and he's got a bag of like two hundred million dollars. <laughs> like. Less games, yeah. more money. Yeah. Like, and so there's an avenue for a guy like Colin Sexton. I don't know though. Mentally, is he equipped to accept a role like that off the bench? Because there's a give me 18, 19 off the bench. There, I, you will have a longevity in this league for life. But bringing a guy like Colin Sexton off the bench, Jason, I think makes the Cavaliers better. And I said this the other day on the air. Now you probably gonna. I don't know how you think about this, but. I need a guy that I can count on to go to and give me punch too. I, and there's not many of those guys floating around. I said a guy like the Lakers are going to let Melo go. 
right? And I don't care. I don't need Melo to be a 100% guy. I just need a guy that can give me some points because when we got to the play-in last year, there was nobody could give you any production when guys got shut down. Right. So right. if I can combine yeah. players like that together, I, I think that the Cavaliers have a better chance. Yeah, I, I agree with I agree with I think all that. I don't know about Carmelo as a fit here. Uh, they, they do need shooting. That's sort of the reason Abaji's here. They, they just need guys who can shoot. And there were moments last year where, and I, you know, I said this, I think I said this on the show and I've certainly written it, said it on, on other air waves that they, there were times last year where the, everything broke down and Colin could really help that team. If he was healthy, like you could go get him a bucket when they really need a bucket. And there is a role for that. And to his credit, he was already sort of evolving into this role. He was still starting last year, but before he got hurt, his usage was way down. They weren't running things through him as much right. anymore, and he seemed to accept it. And, you know, the organization feels like he wants to be here, which is important because most of the time you've got to hold people at gunpoint to get him to sign in Cleveland. Like, that's just, <laughs> I, I'm from here, I love it here, I'll die here. But the reality is, if you grew up elsewhere, you don't want to be here. And, and so to find people who want to stay in Cleveland and want to be in Cleveland, it's hard. And it's part of the reason they gave Kevin the contract that he did because he, he told him he wanted to be here. And Colin wants to be here. So that counts for something. But that count for that, that cannot account for eight million dollars on top of what you right. really should right. be paid. So, so and I, that's where the struggle. I, I think it's going to be more money than roll. And I know the two are tied together, but and, and I don't know that. Like this is just me. This is just my opinion. This yeah, isn't yeah. source or anything. I think Colin is willing to accept a reduced role because he showed signs of that last year. But he still wants to be paid for what he's done in this league. And I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm really fascinated to see where the number falls on this. Uh, if the Cavs tell him, just go get a deal and we'll match it. If he signs a, a qualifying offer elsewhere or if they come to terms on something here. Uh, I'm, I'm really sort of curious to see how this plays out. So you think it's, just real quick, I know Mike's got a question. You think it's it's shooting over scoring? See, I, I think the Cavaliers need it's scoring. Well. Scoring. I need somebody that can put a bucket up when I need a bucket, right? That don't make you the best shooter. That just means you're a guy that can go get right. a bucket. But it's a lot easier for Colin to score if you've got somebody on the wing you have to pay attention to. And and that's why I think they're, they're, they're related there. I agree. They need scoring. They need somebody who can go get a bucket. But if you're packing the, the, the paint because you don't have anyone that you fear at the three-point line, which this team didn't really have many guys who you truly feared stepping back and shooting threes, that 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 opens it up for everything for everybody else and for everything else. So I, I think they're related. And Colin is not the shooter, but you know I think they're hoping that Abaji could sort of be that catch and shoot coming off pin downs, gotcha. sort of the movement. And I wrote this, you know, nobody's comparing Abaji to Kyle Korver, but just the actions that that Kyle brought to this offense. Really, you know, when before Kyle Korver got here, it was go stand in the corner and wait for the ball. And LeBron and Kyrie are going to collapse the defense and kick it out to you. And if you can if you can stand there and make a set shot three-pointer, Channing Fry had a lot of success playing here because he was a really good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. And, and I think that they're sort of hoping that – and then so I guess my point was then when Kyle Korver got here, he brought a lot of, of, of actions that they didn't really come in off screens – and movement to get to your spot that really didn't exist. And I think the Cavs hope that Abaji can sort of bring some of those looks uh, back to this offense. Jason, I know Summer League starts tonight, but I got one more question about the Cavs' free agency moves. Ricky Rubio 
coming back on a three-year yeah. deal. And it's kind of gone under the radar with all the other news going, but it seems like that was kind of the Cavs' top priority heading to the offseason. How big of it was it for the Cavs to bring back Rubio, who was really a crucial part of their bench last season? Yeah, it's really years two and three. He's not going to be healthy till December, January. So they're still in need of a, of a backup point guard. And they went and signed Neto, you know, to sort of fill that spot until Ricky's ready. And then I think they'll send him on his way. Uh, but a three-year deal for $6 million a year, you know, listen, there was a point last year when Ricky was playing so well where I said I didn't know if the Cavs were going to be able to get him back because he could go start for another team in this league and make starters money. And I'm, I'm really surprised that that's the contract. Obviously, it's related to the knee injury and now his second pretty serious knee injury. And, you know, I, I have to believe that that probably drove down his value across the league. But, it's a, you know, I, I think we need to be realistic with expectations on Ricky. He was sensational last year, but he was playing the best ball of his career. And I don't know if it's fair to ask him or to expect him to play at that level again right. when, when he returns. I think he's, he's a really valuable part, having a veteran – backup point guard who can get you into your offense, who can get the ball moving, who doesn't need to dominate the offense is, is huge. And it's a, it's a big signing. Um, but I just, I would, I would temper your expectations when he comes back and realize that it's going to be a while still yet before we see him on the floor. Jason, good stuff as always. Have fun working in summer league. Hey, let me uh, show you something real quick. Can, yeah. I, show, can I show you something real quick? Yeah, Please. So, so most of the time in Vegas, you know, you get a great view of the strip outside what's, your hotel window. What's, he, what's you got, the other strip? That's what I get. I got a, I got a Legion Stadium outside mine. Oh, yeah, see? Man. I don't know. Can you see that? Yeah, yeah. we can see it. It does look pretty cool, but yeah, it's not that exciting. I don't worry. You're not staying in room no, anyway. You're not staying in room anyway. Yeah, I'd rather, so. rather see the strip. All right, we'll see you. Well, yeah, you'd rather have a room with the strip. You're in studio with us on Monday, I believe, right? I am on a red eye home Saturday night, and I am in studio with you on Monday. Yes. All right, we'll see you then. All right, we'll see you. Enjoy Thanks, Vegas. What stays in Vegas? All right, see you guys. Keep it there. That's right. Jason Lloyd, <laughs> good to see him. Uh, coming up later in the show, we'll talk with Shehan Jaraja.